It's story time as I talk about the time I went behind the scenes of an actual NHL broadcast with Locked On Kraken. It's around the holiday season. I know some of you guys like hearing stories around this time period, so why not do one myself? Buckle up. It's going to be a very entertaining show. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodriguez got the puck. What a shot! The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty, now what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Hockey, play-by-play announcer, and also a Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Okay, so much going on in the Devils organization, so much going on in the NHL in general. So obviously the NHL right now is at a standstill due to the outbreak of COVID-19. And they've just revealed that they're not going to be sending any of their players to partake in the Winter Olympics taking place in Beijing. Obviously, that's very sad. I will give you guys my opinions on the matter in a future episode. However, for today, I have some different plans in mind because I am going to be speaking to Eric Ayala of Locked On Kraken. Now, before I uh, tell you guys what we're going to be uh, discussing in terms of our crossover, I do want to talk about uh, the happenings going on for the New Jersey Devils organization momentarily because I've been really talking about this in my past three episodes with Jersey Joe and Neil from Devil's State of Mind podcast because I've been having a pity party and it, it was actually a pretty somewhat successful trilogy just because uh, if you missed those three uh, previous episodes, basically I brought those two guys in and we just overall just hashed it out in terms of what was going on with the Devils organization, some of our frustrations, are there any bright sides, and it was just a, a great discussion because it goes to show you that some of the things that I say on this show, they're also agreeing with me or you know they give me a new light of perspective, so it was definitely very fun to do, and I highly recommend listening to that episode, so if you've missed uh, my three pity party episodes, please give those a listen. Trust me, it's not as sad as it sounds. Uh, the only reason I say it's a pity party is just because um, I, I think back to a, a clown act I saw in America's Got Talent and the, the, the act's name was Puddle's Pity Party and uh, he was just this sad personified clown or, or something like that but he sang beautifully. It was a weird act but we're a weird show so I, I just thought it was uh, very funny so that's why I call it that. So we weren't really just moping around being sad and just um, you know doing all that but we were just talking about solutions that the New Jersey Devils should go in and um, also Jersey Joe brought up the very good analogy saying that the New Jersey Devils have the right ingredients they just need the right chef and sous chef to bring it all together but overall uh, things are not really looking up so far for the Devils organization because it's been revealed and I did say this in a previous episode that the Devils needed to start thinking worst case for Jonathan Bernier situation and unfortunately um, it, it, our, our worst fears have been realized because unfortunately uh, Bernier has elected to get surgery to repair his hip so he's going to miss the rest of the season and uh, Lindy Ruff did say that he was concerned about the long term health of Bernier so there's no guarantee that we'll see him again next year or uh, at all in the NHL so I am hoping for the best I'm hoping the surgery goes well I hope he gets the necessary rehab and I hope that uh, the summer just works out for him in terms of just getting back onto the rink and just trying to compete 
competing at the highest level. So, you know what? I, I did say there was no reason to rush Bernier because we're not really going anywhere at the time being. I'll talk more about this in a future episode, but today's episode is going to be a crossover, like I said, with Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken. Now, what are we going to be talking about? So, as some of you might have recalled, I had the pleasure to go behind the scenes of the Kraken and Red Wings game. I got to meet my mentor, Ever Fitzhugh. He is the play-by-play voice for the Kraken's radio station. He's appeared on this show before, way back in my uh, earlier times here at Locked On. So uh, if you hadn't uh, checked out that episode, I'll actually put a link for that in the description. It was a lot of fun, and you learn a lot of uh, background about him. Remember, he is the first African-American play-by-play and announcer uh, at the NHL level. So uh, just going behind the scenes, uh, going to morning skate, meeting uh, Dave Haxtell, who is the head coach for uh, the Seattle Kraken, it was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And opportunities like that don't happen too often. So I haven't really talked about it on the show because obviously this is Locked on Devils, not Locked on Kraken. Uh, Erica has mentioned it on her show before, but I decided to have a conversation with Erica about it just because, you know what, it kind of gives me an excuse to talk about it on this show. And I think you guys might find it very intriguing. And plus, it's uh, Christmas time. And as some of you might do as part of your family traditions, you gather around the fire and you just tell stories while drinking eggnog with uh, gingerbread cookies in your hands. So I I just figured like it's it's around the holidays, so why not do a story time with Erica as, as she's done a lot of great stuff with the Seattle Kraken organization as well. She's gone behind the scenes as well, and she's had the pleasure to meet a few people that I've met uh, when I went to Little Caesars Arena uh, about a month ago. So like I told you guys, it was a business trip, but it was a lot of fun. I shared some of my tweets on my personal Twitter account and also uh, locked on Devil's Twitter page just to inform you guys why I didn't post an episode around that time period. So overall, just a great experience. Opportunities like that don't happen often. And I'm basically going to go into full detail as to what uh, the day was like. Uh, the preparation, and for some of you who might have aspirations of being an NHL announcer or maybe just working in that sort of field, I'm going to give you uh, the overall background experience that I learned while shadowing Everfits Hughes. So, like I said, uh, just a great opportunity, uh, and like I said, it, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and hopefully something I get to do again in the future, and uh, just, yeah, just just an overall great discussion with Erica of Locked on Kraken. So without further ado, let's begin this uh, crossover with Erica. So let's take it away. Hey, Seattle hockey fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. And we have another very special squad cast for you. You've heard from him before. The one, the only host of Locked on Devils, Trey Matthews. What's up? How it's you doing, good. Erica? It's good to see you again, brother. How you been? Oh, where do I start? I, I don't know where to, I don't know where to begin. I, it's been it's been uh, one interesting journey to say the least. Oh, I bet I bet we love it. So last time, uh, fans over on Locked On Crack and heard from you. You were getting ready to call a PHF preseason game, um, and we're doing that. But since and I've talked about this on the show, you have been able to shadow your mentor, our very own radio voice of the Seattle Kraken. Everett fits you. So since you don't know where to start, why don't I, I determine that we'll start from there. What was it like to meet up in real life and to follow Everett fits you as he was calling a radio game for the Seattle Kraken? Oh man, it, it was a once in a lifetime experience. I, I, I can't explain it. Just overall, um, he's a great guy. He was very personable he answered all my questions. And when he answered a question, it was in great detail. I got to meet a lot of people. I met JT Brown. He does the color commentary for the Seattle Kraken, met the whole 
uh, squad over at the radio station, uh, the, the television station that covers the um, Seattle Kraken as well. Just going behind the scenes and uh, just going to morning skate, talking to the head coach, uh, seeing Everett get interviewed by a uh, various amount of uh, news sources just because it was a big deal because he is a Detroit native and he is the first African-American NHL broadcaster. So that, that was certainly a big deal. But just getting to uh, learn from him behind the scenes and just um, and, and just see like how I can take what he does into my very own broadcast or just seeing how he preps for a game and just overall, it was a great experience and uh, something I hope to do again in the future, maybe one day. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like it was awesome. You had a front row seat to get to see everything. So Trey, what was some of the technical? Technically not first row, but because, you know, the press box is high up, but I get what you mean. Yes, uh, fair enough. But yes, the, uh, you know, theoretical front row seat. But um, okay, so Trey, uh, you've prepared for hockey games before. And this is something that you want to do. We talked about the the PHF uh, pregame or preseason game, excuse me. Um, what were some of the things that you thought were kind of in pace uh, with what you have experienced so far in your hockey journey? And maybe what were some of the things that were a little bit different and that were an adjustment as you got to see what an NHL preparation is like? Okay, so the, the one thing I have to say is like when you're looking at um, the, the NHL preparation for something like that, it's just like um, th they go into such great detail. Like I remember uh, just looking at one of their note pamphlets, uh, albeit they didn't type this out, they didn't write it out, they, someone else does it, but it was very thick. It was like, it, it was almost like a short story kind of thing. Like it, it, it was definitely a, a few inches thick and just going into detail, I'm like, whoa, whoa, they have stats for the other team. They have uh, d different stories. Oh, this player is going to be playing in his 100th career game uh, after today or uh, going into this game. This player is so and so against um, uh, against the Detroit Red Wings because that's who they were playing at Little Caesars Arena. And just the, the great detail, it was just all to a T. It was very meticulous. And something that surprised me is that they use some of the sources that I use, uh, like whether I'm doing a podcast, whether I'm doing a broadcasting, they use like hockey reference. They uh, use the typical websites that we as fans use to get information about a certain players. So uh, I think something interesting they, they found out was that um, I, I believe Drieger was the, um, was the starting goalie for the crack in that game against the Red Wings. They were able to, I forget who was in goalie for uh, the Detroit Red Wings, but they were able to find some sort of information that uh, they were teammates at one point when they uh, were uh, younger, up and coming. And I'm just like, that is great detail. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm just in disbelief. And But but uh, it, it's not as complex and different as some people may interpret it because it's just like, they use the same sites that we use. They just use it in great detail. They have a printer on site. So if they have to adjust their notes, if they have to, um, if someone's a healthy scratch or if the lines got uh, changed at the very last second, they can literally just go onto a computer, type it up and just say, change real quick, change that real quick. And they print it on site. 
Wow, that's really cool. I mean, because as you know, again, the note taking and then the research, as you said, is it can be pretty, pretty daunting. And so first of all, it's kind of cool um, to have people like a team of stats people, right, kind of helping out with that and not having to do it all on your own. But also changes on the fly are such a thing. I know even just from my experience with the Premier Hockey Federation, sometimes, you know, we're texting people who are in the arena because we do a remote broadcast. So we don't even, um, you know, always have runners right there. Sometimes we have to be texting people and and whatnot. So it can definitely be uh, a tedious process, but I love that you were able to kind of get that preparation. So Trey, what are some of the things that you took away from the experience and that you think you might try and integrate into your um, just kind of day-to-day, whether it's preparing for the podcast or preparing to call a game? Okay, so the the first thing that should be established was that I treated it like a business trip. So like one of my friends asked me if she could come and I said, I told her, no, love you and all, but this is a business trip. So I'm all about business. I, I didn't know what to wear. I, you know, my dad said, wear a suit. You don't have to wear a tie or things of that nature. Everyone told me, wear a tie. Like he told me the dress attire for morning skate. He told me the dress attire for the game. He said, full on suit. However, for morning skate, you could be business casual. Uh, things of that nature. So it's just like uh, so, something that I uh, will take away from is that, you know, if, if you want to be surrounded by like big name personalities or things of that nature, you got to get used to it. And this is something I learned from um, David Locke as well, uh, who's the founder of this podcast. He, I, cause you know, I'm a big basketball fan. Like if I was to see LeBron James, like uh, coming down the hallways, I would kind of broadcast the rules and just ask for an autograph, ask for a picture things of that nature. I asked David like a a little over a year ago, like, have you ever been starstruck by a player? He's like, nah, I don't get starstruck. If I was to get starstruck, it was, it would be by another broadcaster that I looked up to. I don't really get starstruck or things of that nature. And that's sort of one of the takeaways I took going into that, which was treat it like a business trip. Do not ask for autographs. Do not ask for selfies. Like, let me tell you something. I was in the same press box as Matt Beneers because this was in Detroit. Uh, Matt Beneers goes to school at the University of Michigan, same college as uh, Luke Hughes, our uh, pick from this past year's NHL draft. So I literally could have just said, hey, Matt, can, can, can I just take a selfie with you real quick? It took every fiber in my body to not ask for a picture with them, just because I, it would be really cool because who knows, Matt Beneers could become like the, the next big thing in hockey, as far as I know. And he's the first um, draft pick in Seattle crack in history. So I really did want to take a selfie with them. I really did want to ask for maybe an autograph or something like that. But um, I, I just said, nope, it is a business trip. You treat it like a business trip. And if you want to be, if you want to get used to it, you know, you, you, you got to know, like, you, you can't just be asking for autographs. You can't be asking for pictures because I actually did meet uh, Dave Haxtell, the, uh, the head coach for Seattle Crack. I, sh- I shook his hand. I had a conversation with him. Very serious guy. I, I don't know how he would react if I said, can I have an autograph? Can I have a picture? I don't even know how Everett would react. But, but you know, uh, I, I just said no autographs, no pictures. And something that taught me was like, they, they said like, um, you know, treat every game like it's a big game. So for example, um, I, I told them one of the hardest things to do was to call ACHA men's D3 or ACHA women's D2 because the, out of our seven hockey programs at Adrian College, the college I attend and where, in which I do broadcasting, 
before. They don't get fans in the arena. They don't really get that much of a viewership. It, it, you know, it's very hard to get exciting for. And usually they just blow out the opponent, the, the opponent anyway. So it's kind of hard to call that. I'm, I'm sure you've had that experience before. But they said, you treat that game like you were calling the, uh, the NCAA programs at Adrian College. You, 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 like, you take your notes. You try everything you, in your power to, to, to treat them the same. And, and make it entertaining. And if it's a blowout, that just tests you more as an announcer because you got to find a way to make it entertaining, even though it's a blowout. Because I told them one time, my one of the toughest games I had to call was when Adrian College beat a team fourteen to nothing. Fourteen to nothing. That's not a hockey score. That's a football score. So uh, th that's some of the takeaways. I could go on for hours, but th that's just some of the big takeaways I I, I learned. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of that is really good advice. Just being a professional, you know, they always say the adage is, you know, dress for the job you want and, and stuff like that. So it seems like you're really able to kind of uh, bring some of those things and, and hone those things and, and uh, apply some of those things. So that's pretty cool. But Trey, coming up next, uh, we're going to flip the script a little bit and, and uh, you're going to put me in the hot seat and we'll talk a little bit about my experiences so far but uh uh let's let's take a little break and get the sponsors happy and uh, then we'll do that well today's special crossover is brought to you by primal origin oils so do you have a beard you need to get primal you heard me right if you or someone you care about has a beard it needs to get primal maybe you're the guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product primal origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed the products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and and with low impact on our planet, Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel-in beard products available. All uh, products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the good old US of A. The combo kits uh, make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. So here's the thing, guys. You guys know I have a beard. I sometimes let it grow out. Sometimes it gets a little messy, and sometimes it can be all over the place. So I use Primal Origin Oils to just keep it in check and just uh, stop it from getting that annoying itch because you never know when I have to do a presentation, I have to go on air, and sometimes it could just get a little irritating. And also my microphone could pick it up if I'm scratching my beard. So I always take Primal Origin oils with me just so my beard feels happy and healthier. So we know that every company claims that they have the best, but Primal Origin oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel-in beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at Primal originoils.com again use promo code locked on at checkout for 20% off and now the second live read comes from our good friends at built bar so this holiday season grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar built bar filled with so much holiday goodness rich with descended flavor covered in chocolate you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing will you go for the raspberry or mint brownie cherry or double chocolate cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie the choice is up to you. Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel you'll need to burst down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers or if you're just standing in line and the line is so long because trust me around that time 
things get a little hectic. So, uh, which is why you probably don't want to bring up uh, your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar at a family gathering because it's a season of peace and love, people, not fighting. People are so passionate about their favorite flavors. Trust me. You, you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw in a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Would you ha- rather have that or a lump of coal? You should definitely ask Santa for some Bilt Bars because uh, they will definitely make you happy, healthy, and they just go great with everything. So do you want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a little bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand because that could get a little messy. So like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, well, you should get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light fluffy and marshmallowy through and through different flavors all covered in chocolate tastes so good you won't even believe that they're filled with protein the offer is go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 you'll get 50 percent off your order again go to built.com use promo code lock 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order okay let's get back to this crossover or as erica likes to call it squad cast of locked on devils and locked on kraken take it away okay so erica we've talked about my experience going behind the scenes of the seattle kraken however you had the opportunity over the summer to go to their expansion draft. Uh, you went to a few of their practices, got to speak to some of the players. Um, and, and in fact, um, I, I'm glad you reminded me of this. I met uh, Allison and Piper. They do the uh, pregame for the Seattle Kraken on television. They told me, do you know Erica Ayala? I was like, yeah, I work with her at Locked On. And she's like, and they were like, that is a good connect to have. So you had, so, you know, try to connect with her and Everett agreed with me, but because they said that you covered them for Locked On. And I was like, yeah, I work at Locked On. I cover the Devils. Like, you know, I, I know Erica very well. And um, yeah, and, and so I was just like, wow, Erica's, Erica might be a bigger deal than me for right now. But uh, what was your what was your experience of going behind the scenes of the Seattle Kraken? What did you experience? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for sharing that. I had no idea. But yeah, Allison Lucan and I go back um, to the time when we did a little bit of crossover virtually, of course, um, covering women's hockey and Piper. I'm a huge fan of Piper's. I remember her covering Wisconsin and and doing some of uh, the work there and to see that she's with the Seattle Kraken. So awesome. So that's pretty cool. And thanks for sharing that. But my experience was pretty cool. I um, have never been to an NHL expansion draft before. And I've, I've gone to an entry draft. I did the entry draft in Dallas. Was that 2017 or 2018? That was the year Keandre Miller got drafted um, to the Rangers. So, um, but the expansion draft was really cool. So it was at this uh, place in Seattle. Uh, anyone who watches Grey's Anatomy might recognize it, but it's called Gasworks Park. Um, and it was beautiful. Like, it was so beautiful. The water's right there. And um, it was kind of cool as a baseball fan. You always see when the Giants have home games, you see all of the canoes and boats and stuff and people going out to try and get a home run ball. Well, this is kind of the same thing where you had people. 
you had people that were kind of in their different floating devices and were just really excited to welcome the Seattle Kraken to their city. Um, I got to see Everett work from a distance while I was there at the expansion draft, uh, as well as JT, and and that was pretty cool. Um, and you know, it was it was kind of cool just to um, be able to just see how everything works. It was the first kind of run through for a lot of who you're talking about as far as the broadcast. It was their first live event. Uh, they were with NHL Network. And so it was pretty cool. It it was also really great as someone who covers the Seattle Kraken remotely to catch up with the beat writers. So, um, you know, Jeff Baker at the Seattle Times. At the time, Marissa and Jimmy was not working with the Seattle Times yet, as I, if I recall correctly. Um, or maybe she wasn't in Seattle yet. But um, then you also had Ryan S. Clark, who I have known for a little bit, uh, you know, just name in passing. Oh. Yeah, I, I met Ryan was another person I met uh, at Little Caesars Arena. Ever told me he covered them for the athletic. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was really cool. Ryan and Jeff in particular were the two at the expansion draft that I got to get to know a lot better. Um, and then, of course, Darren Brown, who runs the Sound of Hockey. So that was pretty cool. Um, and getting to be there as the first names ever for franchise history were, were called. That's uh, that's really interesting. And, you know, something that Everett told me was that um, and I and, and, you know, I wasn't really surprised because I kind of already knew this, but. He says that the Seattle Kraken, they, they, it was their mission to try to diversify their culture. So they have a lot of uh, pe people of color uh, associated with their organization. Like they got people like you, they got uh, sort of like me, the um, sort of like the apprentice to, um, to Everett you kind of thing. Like, you know, cause I was able to shadow him. They, you know, they got a lot of uh, women, uh, things of that nature. So like I met the, uh, her name is Shannon. I met the social media uh, content creator for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, obviously, we got Piper and uh, Allison, the, uh, two awesome uh, girls, and they were uh, a lot of fun to, to chat with. And then you got Everett too, because he told me that the Seattle Kraken, they deliberately tried to search for a black like hockey announcer because um, they, they were just like, uh, is there a black hockey announcer out there somewhere? And the, <laughs> They found Everett. They found Everett, and uh, he was with the Cincinnati Cyclones at the time, and got the opportunity to be their radio. So that's one thing I love about the Seattle Kraken. They give people a chance to uh, work for such a great organization. They give people, um, you know, the spotlight um, in, in terms of just trying to establish their brand, establish what they're doing, and. I just have a lot of respect for Sal Kraken. It's just a great team to um, root for. Not doing too well right now. And, you know, Everett told me how to handle, um, you know, if your team is struggling, you know, find a way to make it entertaining. But uh, one, one thing I also want to talk about was, didn't you have the chance to go to a couple of their practices um, over the um, over the summer, like training camp? Yes, for sure. I was there for training camp and uh, preseason so that was really exciting too. Everything for the Seattle Kraken is brand new, including the Kraken Community Iceplex. At the time, um, they have a, a bar there now that was not 
fully functional. There were, there are definitely a lot of people still wearing hard hats all around. And it seems like they finished all the parts where the hockey players would be, but there were still a few things that they were cleaning up. So that was kind of neat to see. Uh, and I was like, Oh gosh, I hope they get everything done. Um, you know, climate pledge arena wasn't done by the time I was out there. Uh, so it was definitely down to the wire with a lot of things, but you saw that the Kraken, they got everything done. Um, but as far as being able to be there for the first ever Seattle Kraken practice, official practice, um, well, I guess not the first, but it was the first one I think that they opened up officially as part of training camp. They had had some players only practices and, and whatnot. Um, but you heard fans because they allowed some fans um, to come in and you heard fans applauding as soon as they hit the ice, uh, you know, and that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I told Everett one of my goals is to actually get out to Seattle and actually watch a game. Next time you go, can I come with you? <laughs> yeah, I'll pack you in my suitcase. <laughs> but uh, that, I do... that's a, everybody that that's illegal. Do not try it. Trust me, that's illegal. Do not try it. Oh, I'd have no experience, but I'll take your word for it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm set to head out to Seattle. Um, we'll see what happens with the Olympics, but I'm set to head out to Beijing, China first. Um, and then probably in April, um, definitely by April, but maybe as soon as March, I'll be headed back out. Oh man, you get to go to Beijing to, to cover the hockey. Yeah. I'll be covering both hockey tournaments and a few other things as well. Oh man. How do I get, uh, Allison and Piper were right. I do need to have you as a good connect. You're going to <laughs> Beijing. Wow. I'm going to Beijing, China. I've been accredited. So obviously there's still a lot of moving parts. We just heard that NHL players will not be participating, but uh, the women's tournament is still going strong. Obviously there will still be a men's tournament. We'll see, uh, you know, USA hockey has, I think literally a couple of weeks until they announce their roster. Usually traditionally it's been announced at the winter classic on January one at the top of the year of the Olympic year. So uh, yeah, but that is the plan. I'll be out there uh, locked on Kraken fans. Uh, they can expect that during that time when the Kraken aren't playing that they'll get some Olympic updates here and I'll be hopefully doing some other stuff with the network as well. Well, hopefully you don't get, well, you definitely are going to get jet lag, but hope you've uh, brushed up on your Chinese. My, my dad's actually been to uh, China a couple times and uh, his Chinese is not the best, but he, it, it's, he could get like a few sentence starters or he can understand certain things. He tried to get me to learn Chinese when I was in uh, fourth or fifth grade, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I still definitely have to brush up. But for anyone that listened to Locked on Kraken on Tuesday, you know that the title was Jinjie. I think that's how you say it, Beijing, which essentially means goodbye, Beijing, as in goodbye, that the NHL will not be going. <laughs> So I've been practicing integrating it into my Kraken uh, coverage every once in a while. You're, you're half, uh, you speak Spanish, right? You're, ha you're half uh, I, Latina? I am Latina. I, my family, my grandparents came from Puerto Rico and Cuba. Uh, I do not fluently speak Spanish. I understand it very well. I read it very well. I don't speak it as well as I would like, but continue practicing. I could order food and, and get out of a situation in, emer in an emergency. <laughs> bueno, bueno. Me gusta eso. <laughs> Yo también. <laughs> yeah, so, so 
that that's awesome, Erica. But uh, one of the things I want to wrap up on is I, I, I think the Devils and the Kraken kind of have a little bit of a rivalry, just a little bit, not much, because you guys are obviously a new established team. We don't play you guys often. The next time we play, it was not going to be until late 2022 uh, in April, I believe. So um, I, I'm just referring back to the Lawson hit on Jack Hughes, in which Jack Hughes had to miss significant time due to that shoulder injury. And then you got Gearston <laughs> looking for retaliation the next period. And I, honestly, because of you guys, th that's the reason why Gearson still has a job with the Devils, just because I guess they were impressed that he stood up for um, Jack Hughes in that case. But uh, that game was actually one of the best games of the year for the Devils, just because um, what it meant. Like, we did end up winning, and we did end up winning for Jack Hughes, but just I love the fight back. I love the intensity that both respective teams brought. And, you know, going back to that hit for Lawson, I really hope, depending on how he does for the rest of the season, I really hope Jack Hughes comes back with some sense of urgency against the Kraken the next time we play, you guys. So do you think I, – I know it was a long time ago. I know it's still very early to say, and we don't play you guys often, but do you think there's a little bit of a rivalry brewing between the Kraken and the Devils? Um. I to be honest, I think the most Kraken fans might say is that uh, Bastion went back. <laughs> we we dropped him, and then he went. Oh right yeah! Back. Oh yeah! Thanks, thank you, thank you for giving us Bastion back. Now he can <laughs> give us the energy for our bomb six. So even though you guys didn't appreciate him, we love him. We love him. He, he's he's. I told you, I told you in our expansion draft uh, discussion over the summer that I would have held on to Bastion if I was making my uh, list of players to, to keep or expose. You did. You definitely did. So we'll see. Um, you know, I know some people ha are questioning how asset control for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we had a few pl players that we put on waivers going right back to the team we got them from. But, um, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if the uh, – respectfully, I think the Seattle Kraken have plenty of things they need to sort out, and I'm not sure that a rivalry with the Devils is definitely piping hot. But speaking of the Devils, actually, you reminded me that um, I am set to be in town for the Kraken game when they play the Devils. So if you're coming on out to Seattle, that might be the time time to do it i will book my ticket i will skip my college graduation for that i swear to you hey there if, you if go. it's around that if it's around that time i will book a flight i will book a hotel and i will do whatever it takes to get into climate pledge arena to cover that game i will do whatever <laughs> it takes thank you for telling me that you heard i will it pack here, my bags I'll, <laughs> I, I got you but hopefully the Devils are doing better at around that time because right now we're, we, we suck. Yeah, well, Kraken not doing so great either, uh, Trey. We, we, both our teams have some work to do uh, after we come out of this holiday break. But actually, that's what we're going to get into next. How are our teams doing and what do we project uh, or predict will happen in 2022. Well, I don't know what's going to happen in 2022, but here's what I do bet. You are going to go to Bet Online and it has you covered for all this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march its way through the college bowls this season and pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our website or use your mobile device to sign today to receive your 
50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. Remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. All right, Trey, so we kind of alluded to this just a a little while ago. You know, uh, one, is there a rivalry between the Seattle Kraken and the New Jersey Devils? If you're watching from Locked on Devils, if you're watching from Locked on Kraken, let us know uh, if you're watching on YouTube in the comments. But if you're listening, hit us up on social media. Let us know. Do you think the rivalry is real? Uh, Because one way or another, we're going to find out come April. But right now, the Seattle Kraken sitting at 10, 17, and 3. Have a lot of work to do if my bold prediction is going to come through. Um, You know, as far as how we're doing in the conference, we're dead last in the Pacific Division of, of course, the Western Conference. And, you know, things aren't going to get easier. And that's why I had said my prediction was if the Kraken want to be a viable team right out the gate, they have to do it in this first season because people clown on the Pacific Division. But here's the thing. In the last handful of drafts, it's been Pacific Division teams that have had top picks. So ultimately and eventually, at least theoretically, those top picks should be able to just, you know, come out guns blazing and then turn the tide of what the Pacific Division looks like. And the Kraken, if they can't catch up now, they're likely going to fall behind. Um, but that's what's going on with Seattle. Trey, what what about the Devils? What you got going on? Uh, for the past few episodes, I've been doing a Devils pity party with uh, fellow Devil podcasters, uh, writers, uh, because the Devils are not in a good place right now. We're on a six-game losing streak. There's rumors saying that we might move on from Lindy Ruff. However, Tom Fitzgerald's uh, comments to the media says otherwise. Um, the Devils right now, we are second to last in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Islanders aren't trailing that far back. They're only three points behind us. So uh, I'm just hoping that we can figure it out before we fall to dead last. We're still in it theoretically because the Metropolitan Division, well, we're not really that good this year. Like you got the Hurricanes, you got the Capitals, you got the Rangers, and then the Penguins seem to uh, be figuring things out because they're on a seven-game win streak. Um, but other than that, like the Flyers, Blue Jackets, we're, we're not that – we're four points behind – both those respective teams, despite struggles. So theoretically, we could finish in a respectable position. Um, it's still right there for us. We're not out of it, but we're not making things easier, easy for ourselves. So do I think we could still get a wild card spot? It's still very realistic. I, I, I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care what uh, a- analysts are saying, like 1%, uh, 0.1%. I don't care what the case might be. I'm looking at it from my perspective, which is we're just four points out of uh, – uh, behind the Blue Jackets and the Flyers. And theoretically, if the NHL were to go to a bubble, we would be invited. We would be one of the teams invited back to, to, to you know, compete for a play-in uh, kind of thing. So just putting that out there. So right now, we, we've had to deal with a lot of injuries. We've had to deal with a lot of COVID. We just got the news that Jonathan Bernier, uh, unfortunately, will be shut down for the rest of the year. He's electing to get surgery. Uh, Miles Wood has still not played in the game this season due to injury uh, that he sustained in preseason. And uh, he had to get surgery, so I'd be stunned if he returned at any point during the course of this season. Jack Hughes uh, is struggling right now uh, after 
thank thanks a lot uh by the way uh after that Lawson hit and he missed a significant amount of time he missed about like what what was it like i i forget it it was that long but i think four weeks no four weeks eight weeks something like that so somewhere in that time frame uh nico heiser just you know is there uh at times just not the overall leader that he got into a fight a couple games ago so i'll give him or suspect there but um you know, I think some of the bright spots have been Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves, Dawson Mercer, who I want him to win the Calder, but it looks like that guy in Detroit is going to run away with it. And that guy is named Lucas Raymond or Mo Sider, or maybe Trevor Zegras will be the dark horse. But um, overall, you know, those have been some of our bright spots so far this season. We have a lot of potential. We have a lot of great talent in our AHL program. Kevin Deneen has done a phenomenal job of leading that program to a very winning record that I believe last time I checked, they are 18, one and two. And we have a lot of talent down there that we can bring up at any given moment. And hopefully they can shine bright in the NHL. But uh, we just need to find a reliable backup for Mackenzie Blackwood because it's a disservice uh, if he doesn't have that because uh, he's so young and he's still trying to learn from himself. But overall, we have a lot of things to figure out. We have a lot of potential talent on this team, but it's just not coming together right now. Like we, we've hit a, We've hit a wall. Now, how do you tear down that wall is the question. Yeah, exactly. I think the Seattle Kraken, uh, one of their things is inconsistency. It's not that, uh, you know, they just can't seem to keep it together. Uh, And everyone deals with injuries. Obviously, unfortunately, everyone's dealing with COVID protocol, players in and out. But at some time, you just got to buckle down. So, all right, Trey, I'll give this to you as we wrap up. um, And we can both do this. But what are two things uh, that we'd like to see our teams take on as New Year's resolutions for the 2022 portion of the season? Okay, so for the Devils, one, you need to find an established system. Because uh, if Lindy Ruff is theoretically fired, um, then that that's going to be the fourth head coach in two years for our star player, supposedly Jack Hughes. Or... Uh, if we fire Lindy Ruff, get an interim head coach, and then get our new uh, established head coach, that's five new head coaches for Jack Hughes in just a two-year span. We've also went from GM to GM, so that doesn't help things either. We need to find an established system and an established identity. And then second of all, play with a purpose. The Devils sometimes play with no purpose, and it just seems like they're going through the motions. And it's frustrating as a fan to watch because um, – if I'm being honest with you, if I was a, if I was just a regular fan and I'm seeing the Devils playing like that, I turn the game off quite honestly because it's just that hard to watch. There's Ouch. they are so lucky I have to I have to do my podcast, but other because otherwise I just be I just be turning it off because I can't I can't watch this play any longer. So they need to find a new identity and an established one for a long period of time, and then two, uh, play with the purpose. I like those. I like those. Similar to what I would say for the Seattle Kraken, uh, one thing that I'd like to see, and I'll get a little more um, technical here, but I'd like to see more time with Drieger in the net. I think that what Drieger's issue has been is that he has not been healthy. But Chris Drieger, I think, has earned more of the starts. Um, And honestly, Philip Grubauer has not been very consistent for this Seattle Kraken team. And 
I get the sense that maybe he's just not comfortable. I don't know if that means that he's kind of resting on an injury. We know he spent some time um, on the IR just a little while ago. I don't know if just kind of he's not fitting in to the culture or system that we have, but something is definitely amiss with Philip Grubauer. So if Drieger can be healthy, I think he's earned a few starts. The other thing that I would say is find your 60 minute style. The Seattle Kraken are very inconsistent. They've been consistent throughout the schedule, but even within the game. And I think we've had times where we've seen the Seattle Kraken put together a pretty good 40, maybe 45 minute game. But I think I could only point to one or two times where I thought they had a good 60 minute game. And that, I don't know if that's an endurance issue. I don't know if that's just that they kind of, you know, they seem kind of absent-minded at times. So they need to buckle down and focus on uh, putting together 60 minute games more consistently. You're preaching to the freaking choir because we struggle with goaltending and we struggle with our identity too. Exactly. So uh, whether we're rivals or not, it seems like we definitely have some similarities. So those are our New Year's resolutions. Trey Matthews, the host of Locked on Devils, thanks so much for joining for this crossover, as I like to say, squadcast over here on Locked on Kraken. And I looked up the dates, so I don't know when graduation is, but I do know that the New Jersey Devils are rolling into the depths of Climate Pledge Arena on April 16th. That's a 7 p.m. PT game. So I plan to be there. Um, and you'll probably see that uh, there will be some Black Hockey History focus right around that time in Seattle. Uh, I believe that the Black Mobile Museum will be rolling through around that time. So even more of an incentive to come out on, come out to the Emerald City, uh, and we'll, we'll do this in person. I got you, Erica. Let, wait, hang on. Let me see. Uh, uh, okay, last day, last day of class. Last day of class. This looks like it's June first. Wait, hang on. Is that? I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I got, I got. Commencement May first. There you go. All right. Hey, that's a very real possibility. Maybe I'll go out to Seattle and cover the New Jersey Devils there. So Locked On Devils on the go in April. We'll see. Uh, I'll definitely be in touch with Erica. Maybe we can uh, work something out. But as for today's episode, I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of my story time, a little bit of my experience going behind the scenes of an NHL broadcast. And for any of you up-and-coming broadcasters out there, I hope you uh, just you know listen to the advice that was given to me by Everfitzhugh and also uh, my boss, David Locke, here at Locked On Podcast network because uh, they're very uh, useful tools to have. So uh, once again, thank you to Erica for sharing her story of going behind the scenes of the Seattle Kraken organization. And uh, I also talked about a potential new rivalry between the Kraken and Devils, but we'll see what happens. But for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.